yes, this is your favorite too, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite hosts, Eric and Ron. Hey, welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 14. Bringing back the old school there. I love it. Yeah, and we got Kenny to pose as that football player. That was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> back such in a our, good sport. Back in our studio days, before all this COVID stuff. <laughs> so, uh, we've got a ton to unfold today. Uh, season four, uh, Episode 14 of season two is not disappointed as uh, the sports world continues to... Uh, Amaze us each and every week. We cover all the top stories uh, that are going on this week and cover some of our local teams in the New England area. So we're going to four hour baseball games. Yes. 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 <laughs> just, just about finished. I didn't think we'd get it in before the, uh, the start of this show. Yeah. I know. Um, so our lead off story is uh, on Tiger Woods. So he has made his return to the masters. Uh, yesterday was a, a shot one under par. Uh, in the first round today was not so good so far. Again, the, the, it was still going on as we, we came on air here, but uh, he was a plus four today. So a plus three overall, uh, unless some things have changed in the last uh, half hour or so. But overall, I just wanted to talk about what you felt about him making this return, thinking about where he's been five, 500 plus days since his last competitive competition and then also the 400 plus days where since the car accident. Yeah, well, you know, it's been a hard road for him to get back. Um, but, you know, all the fans are glued to that, that TV, you know, watching him play. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of time on, you know, camera because after all, he is their number one draw, no matter if he's past his prime or not. You know, there's always a chance for Tiger to win. You know, that, there will always be a chance of that. You know, whether whether he does or not, it doesn't even matter for the, the golf fan. You know, they just want to see Tiger play. Yeah, look, uh, I think when we start talking about comeback stories and what people are able to come back from, he's had several different situations. We could talk about the personal stuff that he's had to endure and come back from obviously self-inflicted yep. the back injuries that obviously um, could have derailed his career and probably have actually hurt him from becoming the all-time winner when it comes to masters yeah, or majors, sorry. Um, but the fact that he came back from this when nobody expected him to even get back on the golf course is pretty amazing uh, I was glued to the TV all day yesterday, just every time they showed a highlight, just to watch how he walked, how he was able to just kind of grind through that process, because that was the biggest process in this whole scenario is, was he going to be able to walk these courses and be able to do it for four rounds? Yeah. And you saw it yesterday. You didn't see him really favoring the leg or unable to walk. He can still golf. We know he can still golf. 
it's the physical part of golf that again they can't use carts it's not allowed with pga rule he has to walk these courses the question was how was he going to rebound from the round one you saw a little bit of it today where again he's probably more tired the like probably bothers him more you know now it's two straight days of 18 holes but he's still being competitive he's still in the running to actually be in this this masters tournament which is amazing right you know it look i mean he could turn it around at any point too so you know i mean all he has to do is is hit his putts you know drive the ball you know and and let his his natural ability take over and you know he just has to maintain through you know the pain at times and you know that's always going to be there for the rest of his career to be honest with you you yeah, know it's yeah. no different than playing any other sport i mean the wear and tear it just it's always going to be there yeah and again golf is so predicated on on movement of your body having the same motions so when the yeah. back injury he had to learn how to hit differently and now yeah. you see the same thing with the leg he can't put as much force or power into it now he has to play smart golf I think yeah. this might be an advantage to him because, again, he's played in so many tournaments in his career and was so successful. He knows these courses. He knows the right. Masters better than probably just about anybody that's playing it now because he's done it for 20-plus years. Right. right. So right. you can't – you if he can just golf and is able to with, withstand the pain of having to walk through these these golf courses, we could see more of Tiger Woods than we thought we would actually see. Yeah, I mean, look, nothing would surprise me with Tiger, what he can do. You know, he is, you know, arguably the best to ever play, you know. I mean, there might be a couple others that people will argue, yeah. you know, whether or not he's better than them. But, I mean, all in all, when you look at the field, he's better than, than all of those guys. You know, maybe not right now. No. But as a career, he's Yeah, what better. he's accomplished, yeah. Absolutely. And and look, um, the one reference I did like uh, during the whole Masters, they talked about Ben Hogan and how he had a similar car accident and wasn't sure and he was able to come back. And Tiger's being talked about as legends now, not as a current PGA player. You're talking about Jack with Tiger, Ben Hogan with Tiger. Like, we're watching a living legend Arnold. of golf, Arnold Palmer. Like well, that's what we're watching. I mean, that's where that's the that's the four names. That's like that's the Mount you Rushmore know of, Mount Rushmore of golf, golf, right? I mean, yeah. that's what we're really saying. I mean, there's only a select few that you can even put in the conversation. <laughs> and I, I would say this, Ron, and then we'll move on. But think about what we're experiencing now in sports. We're watching probably the greatest quarterback to ever play. Yep. And we're not talking about a, a short amount of time. We've been able to watch this for 20-plus years, Tiger right, for 20-plus right. years. I know how you feel about LeBron, but you can say he's one of the best basketball players of all time. And we've got to watch him for almost 20 years. Like, we're watching guys that we would not ex- – you know, anybody else we could say, look, we're, we're so fortunate. Alex to be able Ovechkin to also. Ovechkin, right? And about breaking – right? He might break Gretzky's rec- record. We've seen some some of the greatest plays of all time. When you talk about Gretzky and and 
and Jordan, you know what I mean? And all these. Yeah, other- I kind of, I kind of feel spoiled myself because I, I've gone even further back and seen some of those players, right? you know, like Wayne Gretzky, you know, even Bobby Orr. I saw at the tail end, you know, I, like I feel like blessed that I get to see all these greats. Yeah, it's it's amazing. To like that. I, I can't imagine, you know, not have ever seen Magic Johnson yeah. play. You know, I can't. I, I, like it's it's insane to me. You know, you know, you're talking, you know, in baseball, that that home run by Carlton Fisk, like that's a that's a staple in sports. And oh, I got to see a lot of that. Yeah, that that was okay. hurtful. Okay. That, that's hurtful. <laughs> but but again, we've, we've got but I know. Some, yeah. Yeah. We've got to see some great moments. Now you're watching a living legend and, go, and it's not even if he wins, if he wins, that's just the icing on the cake. The fact that you're watching this guy and knowing that he's one of the best to ever do it. It just yeah. makes it so much more enjoyable. I don't watch a lot of golf. I watch and, when Tiger plays. And you get to see him play. And whether it's now or, you know, 15 years ago, it's it's something you really should see. And that makes that makes for the talks of who the best is, right? You know, like anybody that just sees LeBron James play and hasn't seen, you know, Magic and Michael you know, uh, I, I'd say their their names like I know them, right? <laughs> Best friends. They were at your house right? yesterday, so, were they not? But, like, those people that have only seen LeBron play and didn't see Michael play, like, you can't you can't argue that, oh, he's it's the so best ever. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Because, you know, only people that have seen these players, you know, can really make a, you know, a strong statement because they've seen them play and they've seen the competition against them. And I'm not saying, you know, LeBron hasn't had great competition because the athletes today are way better in general, but the game was better back then. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and again, I'm not saying LeBron's the greatest. I'm just saying we're no. watching a, a no. great athlete. If you think about what he's accomplished in the sport. Right. And it's the same thing with Tiger, same thing with Tom Brady. You know, you're seeing Ovechkin. You're seeing guys now that when we said records that couldn't be broken are being broken. You know, LeBron's probably going to be the all-time scoring leader in the NBA. Yeah, I I think he only needs one more year under his belt, and that's probably going to be it. Tom Brady, nobody else is going to ever win as many Super Bowls. Like, we've seen it. No, I I find that hard to believe. Right? So I I still can't believe it, and I've seen it. You know, you know Ovechkin, what I'm saying? I, I never thought Gretzky record would be broken and Ovechkin may break it. And it's just, yeah, like, yeah. those are the things we never expected to see. And we're getting to witness that, which is just, it makes sports so much more fun. So yeah. let's, let's move on to some NFL. Let's talk about our new England Patriots who have made a big move. They don't traded for say hi to our viewers. Out there. Kenny, Kenny, thank you for joining Chakra. my friend. Chakra. Thanks for joining you guys are always uh, one of our most loyal. We appreciate it. Kenny, obviously, uh, is one of our Sports Unfolded uh, co-hosts on the NBA ranking show, and he did the baseball preview show. So we're going to put up that picture of Devontae Parker, who is now a New England Patriot. Still got that old yucky jersey. We'll call it yucky jersey on right now. But he is now going to be a New England Patriot. How do you feel this move helps the team? Um, well, it gives him an option that Algalo was supposed to um, fill and didn't. 
So um, I like the pickup. It didn't cost him much, you know? Yeah, a couple of, what, second and third round draft picks, I think. Yeah, it was. you know, I mean, it, it was a good value for a guy that has talent and is ready to bust out. So my fear is this. Look, so in seven years, 338 receptions, 4,727 yards, 24 touchdowns, almost 14 yards of reception. So you talk about what New England doesn't do well or hasn't been able to do is the deep ball. He adds that element. Right. Problem is he has not played a full season his entire career. He's no. been in the league for uh, seven years now, has not played a full season. His best season, 2019, he played 14 games, 72 receptions, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 16.7 yards per reception. If we can get that, Devontae Parker, does that not change us immensely? Oh, That's absolutely. So see, here's the, here's the thing, you know, when was the last time we plucked a receiver from Miami? Wes Welker. Right. And Bill went to the well for the second time. And, you know, he, it's like he's picking his spots. It's like, okay, there's this receiver, Parker, sitting in Miami, not getting the playing time that he probably needs to get to show what he can do. Um, they got a guy throwing the ball that can't really throw it deep. So he's basically going to waste there. And then they pick up Tyreek Hill and now he's completely useless yeah. there. So this was an opportunity for Bill to take another chance on, on a Miami receiver making the deal. And, you know, and he's hoping that, I'm willing to bet he's hoping he can get like 800 yards for the Patriots. Uh, because look, if he gets so. if he gets 800 yards for the Patriots, that is pretty good because if you're still counting the other players with those yards, that's a big addition. And no, look, he might I even liked, give him more. I liked I liked what Kendrick Bourne did. Yeah. Um obviously Jacoby Myers steady and reliable. Aguilar was a disappointment, but if he can come back, he's on the last yeah. year of the deal, so he may perform better. That seems to be his MO is yep. when his contract's about to be up, he has a really good year. If you can get him, Parker, and, and frankly, he has the skills. Guys, he has the skills to do it. It's just it's just wanting it. Yeah. I think it's really wanting it. You I, know, I, I'm excited about it. I thought this to your point, great move because it was it was cheap. They didn't really yeah. have to give up much. And I liked it for the draft purpose because everybody was talking about maybe a first round draft pick in at wide receiver. We know New England doesn't do well drafting wide receivers in the first round, which means Nikhil Harry's probably gone with this move, by the way. But we, we could also say now that if the kid in Alabama is available in the second round, Williamson after that injury and people thinking he's going to slip a little bit, now it's not as bad in the second round for him. And you get a need in the first round now instead of wasting right. it on a wide receiver. Right. Like, you know, we've talked about it already. Um, they need a linebacker. They need, a, you know, help on that defensive back. So they need a cornerback. Um, there are going to be cornerbacks there that are, that are really good. Um, I don't know if there'll be a linebacker there that would, would fit, you know, at that spot where they're drafting. 
you know, a little higher there is, obviously. Um, but if you if you pick a linebacker at that spot, it would be over, you know, it'd be over the worth yeah. of that linebacker. So in that spot in the first round, I really think they should go cornerback there. Um, unless, you know, one of those linebackers that are, you know, top tier, you know, that should go probably in the top 10 slip down because now there's teams like jockeying for quarterbacks that are up there now. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're going to over, they're going to overvalue those quarterbacks and boy, are they in for a surprise. <laughs> so let's talk about another story in the NFL and just does not seem to be going away. And that's the Brian Flurry's lawsuit. So uh, Flurry's uh, filed a lawsuit of, of discrimination against the NFL. And now two other coaches have joined uh, in that suit. Uh, first, Steve Wilkes, former Arizona head coach. Uh, he went 3-13 and 13 his first year with the team, got fired right after that first year uh, for Cliff Kingsbury who uh, obviously has been successful with the team, at least getting them to the playoffs. But Wilkes is alleging that he was just a bridge quarterback, that they had no intention of keeping him. Obviously made a lot of moves after he got fired to to get, you yeah. know, Kyla Murray versus Josh Rosen, who we know Rosen now. I, I don't even know what team he's on because he's been on like four teams since. What yeah, do you feel about, first of all, those allegations by Wilkes? Um, I I think he's got, you know, a leg to stand on with that, you know. Um, look, I, I think this lawsuit shouldn't go away because I think Flores definitely has a gripe and Wilkes has a pretty good gripe. I mean, you can't give him a crap team and have him fail and then get, you know, yeah. top picks and then you you know, the get rid of them next to, year again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, it's just wrong the way some of these teams are doing business. Um, you know, and I gave props to Pittsburgh for hiring Flores. I mean, he's overqualified for that job and, you know, but at least they offered, you know, cause they weren't going to obviously have a, you know, a head coach position yeah. open, you know, but, you know, and, and I think Mike Tomlin really wanted him, to come on and they didn't have a position that was really, you know, proper to give him. So they basically brought him in and this could be one of those things where, you know, it's a placeholder for Flores to stay in, you know, the NFL because they feel that he's doing the right thing. So I give Pittsburgh a lot of credit for this. I would, I would say this, look, the Rooney rule came from Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, if you look at that organization and what they've been able to continue to do when it comes to, to coaches of, of different ethnicities and, and making them, yep. they've got one of the, the, the highest coaches in the league. When you talk about Tom and what he's been able to accomplish, that was a bold move back in the day when they did that. Yeah. He's been there quite yeah, some The only time. thing we get on Pittsburgh for is not keeping their talent. Yeah. You know, and, and he still wins without it. And he still wins. Right. He's a great he coach. Still wins. Um, what about Ray Horton, who he was the uh, Tennessee Titans defensive coordinator from 2014-15. He was interviewed for the head coaching job in 2016. Mike Malarkey, who was hired by the team, basically stated in an interview on a podcast in 2020 that he had already been told that he had the job, that they just had to fulfill the Rooney rule 
and make sure that they interviewed some some other candidates. Ray Horton being one of those candidates who is obviously a black uh, head co- uh, defensive coordinator at the time. Yeah, this one this one to me stings even more. Yeah, that one's pretty bad because it it kind of resembles the the ball thing. Yeah. You yeah, know, there's a there's a lot of similarities between those two things. And frankly, I think both of those stink. And I think Horton has a has a very good gripe. Like he might have the best of all. So the, like, so the, the thing with the NFL is they're they're starting to tread water that is honestly starting to become a, a, a major um I would say mark on their on their whole organization. When you talk yep. about now there's six attorney generals who are filing claims against the NFL for discrimination against women as well. And yep. how they, how these teams have handled how they've treat women, um, yep. how discrimination with women as well. Now you have this Flores lawsuit as well, based on discrimination. These are a bunch of white billionaires who yep. feel like they can do whatever they want because they own these teams and us in society don't have those same options. And now it's finally, hopefully, catching up to some of these owners where they realize, look, it's not just about those guys on the field and I can pay them millions, but they're going to do what I want them to do. It's look, also you can, about what you can look right into right Washington itself. Yeah, Dan Snyder is a, a joke of an owner. You know, I mean, all you have to do look squarely in Washington, right in their backyard, all of these lawmakers, right in their backyard. And you know it it gets it gets brushed aside yeah schneider has know. insiders in the white house or in congress they said it was so he knows people yeah and that's the reason why a lot of this stuff hasn't been brought to light and right. that, to me that's wrong right and this is why the whole thing with gruden could end up blowing up you know on the nfl and i think if there's one thing that's going to happen that is going to cause the chain reaction, you know, between if you know what happened smart, with him and then this lawsuit too. It's going to just be smart, a chain. And if Gruden's attorneys were smart, as much as I understand that what some of his emails were were derogatory and, right. and had some racial undertones as well, but right. I would try to partner with them, with Flores in that group, and say, look, I got discriminated against because I'm not an owner. Yeah. And they, they hit all this stuff that the owners were doing yep. and ba- and basically blackballed me. And let me tell you, I'm sure, I am sure that the lawyers for Flores case is has already reached out and probably are looking into some of the details of that, you know, because any kind of dirt that you can get is going to help. And, look, and there's, there's a lot of dirt there. There's going to be more coaches coming. Oh, I'm yeah. Telling you. And some of these guys don't want to ruffle feathers because they want to keep their jobs or have an opportunity. But as they start to see more guys start to come out of the woodworks, I'm sure we're going to get, we're going to hear more of these stories. And yeah. it's 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 sad. It is yeah. honestly sad. Yeah. Like we get a look to see what happens with Tampa Bay. You know, because there's a lot, there's coaches there that should have jobs, you know, and, and we we're about, very we good candidates. About, we talked about how the NFL tries to sweep everything under the rug yep, and they yep. did it in Tampa Bay. Yep. You know, you, you see a coach retire, you hire a black coach, 
I, I just felt like, look, I, I felt like they're trying to undermine these coaches and their legitimate. That was a placement. That was a placement, you know, to appease that lawsuit. Yeah. And at the end of the season, we're going to see what happens to those coaches. Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's move on to our triple play. In our triple play this week, uh, we decided to rank some of the top tight ends in the NFL, who we would start, who we would bench, and who would we who would we cut. And the players are Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. So all three very talented tight ends. Tight ends don't get enough love in the NFL, so we said let's give them some love this week. So we are deciding who we start, bench, and cut. I am first this week, so I will go. And I am starting Travis Kelsey. He's been in the league nine years, 704 receptions, 9,006 yards, receiving 57 touchdowns. Consistent. Has not really missed much time. I understand the offense he's in, but this guy, to me, once Grunk was not Grunk anymore, he, he was that guy. He was that tight end. Uh, fast, able to block, but able to receive. So I, I I would go with Kelsey. I benched Mark Andrews. He's been in the league four years, 263 receptions, 3,466 yards, 29 touchdowns. But he's been very consistent the last couple of years and healthy. He's on the field for me. So if Kelsey went down, I know Mark Andrews is there to back him up. I wouldn't be worried about it, which means I cut Kittle. Kittle's a very good talent. 335 yards uh, receptions, 4,489 yards receiving, 20 touchdowns in five years. But he has missed a significant amount of time. I feel like he's as good as he is. His numbers would have been much better if he could stay healthy. So ultimately, I don't want a guy that I can't depend on to be on the field every week. That's how I go. Yeah, and that's exactly how I had it. I had, of course, Kelsey. I think he is the elite of the league. Um, like, there isn't somebody that is going to do an all-around job like Kelsey does. Um, and I think this year you're going to see it more into play, you know, now that, you know, receivers have left that mm -hmm. system. <laughs> <laughs> They're adding so, a lot of receivers, but none of them are Tyreek Hill. So no, no, and I, I think you're going to see Kelsey um, do even more. If that's hard to believe, you know he's going to do more. Um, and I, of course, did bench Andrews. Um, it was tough because I think Kittle might be as good as Kelsey. Yeah, agreed. But. Injuries, 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 injuries. You can't have a guy that never plays. You can't have it. Like, what's the point? It's not you beneficial. Know, if, if he's always going to be injured, then it's not going to help the team. So, therefore, Andrews is on the bench, and I cut Kittle. And it's sad because Kittle is a great tight end when he's available. Yeah. And think about his quarterback, Jimmy G, who's not that great, and he was still putting up numbers. I know. I so, know. you know, Kelsey's got Mahomes. And Andrews, yeah. uh, Lamar Jackson, but if you think about what Lamar does, he when he scrambles, yeah. basically creates guys to get open. He's got Lamar for at least one more year. Yeah, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to the NBA. And um, as you last 
as our baseball show went and you wanted to go on a rant about the Boston Red Sox, I, I, I implore you to allow me to rant this week about the Boston Celtics. Because the Boston Celtics lost to the Milwaukee Bucks last night. But yep. that's not the story. Nope. The fact that they sat Jason Tatum and Al Hawford in a game that could have ultimately clinched the number two seed in the East yep. made no sense to me because they were saying it's a back-to-back. Jason Tatum's 25 years old. Al Hawford, yep. maybe I would understand a little bit. But at this point in time in the season, sitting a guy to move into third place, and the reason why I felt they did this move, and it's absolutely pissing me off, and I can't even say it any other way, is because they're trying, the seating. They're trying to avoid Brooklyn, so they now they face Chicago. It's almost a lock that they got Chicago as the 3-6 matchup, which is a much easier matchup. Agreed, they should win. Rob Williams should be back for the second round. So now it all kind of lines up for them. But to me, play the games to win. You don't play games to lose. That I, I don't understand that. No, it pisses me off. Right? And and they, they played to lose last night. Yep. And I don't understand. You have so you don't face Brooklyn in the first round. So what happens if you're in the, at the AFC, uh the East Conference Finals? Look, and Eric, Brooklyn's there. What do you do? Just quit? I turned down the game to watch the game and then all of a sudden, wait, Tatum is not playing. Click. Me and it, it, it already told me that they did not want to win the game. It already told and me. And it was a great game. Look, that look, those everybody that played played well, played hard, but they you could tell they were on demand. Yeah. And Milwaukee didn't sit anybody. Milwaukee no. didn't take this as oh, we didn't need to get to the two seed. You play to win. You play to win, and then you whatever's in front of you, you try to beat. Yeah. And to me, if you were a true championship caliber team or felt you were a true tra- championship caliber team, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't right, have sat right. your star player in a game that you knew you had to win. Right. LeBron, when they had to win a game to try to stay in that playoff spot, everybody criticized him because he sat. Yeah. And now Boston did the same thing. Yeah. But the the ones that get the heat is, is Tatum and Hawford. They're going to yeah, get the cool. heat for it because they didn't play. And it's like, why didn't you play? You should have said, put me in. You know, and you know, I don't know, but, you know, it gives a bad look for that player. Like, put them in. They want to play. They're, they're paid to play. They're paid to win. Yeah, like the Bruins tonight, they go against Tampa Bay. Okay. They're going to be without Pasternak. That's already out there. They're going to be without him because he's injured. If he could skate, he'd be out there. Lindholm is a game-time decision. He wants to be out there. So if he can go, he's going. You know, they want to beat Tampa Bay. They're not looking to see, oh, well, you know, if we lose this game, then we can play this team. No. They don't they want to win every game. That's what they do. And that is the Boston Bruins organization saying, hey, you know what? It's not it, it's it's not just the Patriots' way. This is our way. You know, and the Celtics are saying the complete opposite, complete opposite. So, you know, we're going to try to avoid Brooklyn and so we can, you know, get an easier thing. No, if you playing to get an easier road to the championship, you're not a championship team, period. Because you're eventually going to face a team that, guess what, is pretty tough. Right. You should have confidence in your ability as a team to beat anybody out there. 
The Bruins think so. They think they can beat everybody. Yeah. You know? I, I, you know, one of my buddies texted me and he's like, oh, I'm excited. I'm like, they're saying Tatum and Hawford. I said, I'm not even interested. Yeah. I'm not even interested. And even though the game was close and I was watching it, I didn't expect them to win that game. If they yeah. won that game, they got a gift. It was more of a, wow, Milwaukee really choked. Yeah. Not that Boston played well. It's Milwaukee just didn't play a good game. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> and listen, Chicago, as much as we think it's an easy seed, Anybody can be beat in any given time. So you play whoever you got to play. To me, Brooklyn's more of a mess. Yeah. They're more of a mess right now. I would have rather faced Brooklyn. <laughs> exactly. And that's what that's what everybody's saying. It's like, why are you trying to, you know, manipulate the seating? Because you're only asking for it. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. And they would have played possibly two extra games while you're sitting rest. So now you're resting. You got Brooklyn plays two extra games, so now they go into this game the next day, and they're already they're tired. They've they've had right. to probably play a back to back. It's an right. advantage for you. Yeah. Yep. But I, I I, let's talk about this next gentleman we're going to bring up on the screen, who should be the MVP of the NBA this season. This guy that's, is just amazing. And, and that's you know, it's be- it's it's weird too because Eric, I look at the player, and. Like when you just look at him, he just looks clumsy, you yeah. know, flopping or you know, yeah. Yeah. running up and down the court. I mean, he just looks awkward. This guy's the best player right now in the league. Ah. It's unreal. So he's the first player ever to have two thousand points, yes. one thousand rebounds, and five hundred assists in a season. It's a, that's incredible. So what he's been able to do for Denver. I mean, it's just remarkable when you talk about the guys that they haven't had with Murray being out for the entire season, Michael Porter Jr. being out for the entire season, and they're still winning. They're in the playoffs. He's been such an integral part of them being successful for the last few years. So what I tried to do is I'm going to ask you this question. I did odds in Vegas, which we don't normally do any gambling in this show. But I said this would be fun for this conversation. So in Vegas, Joel Embiid is actually a plus 145. He's the leader currently to win the MVP. Would you give Embiid the nod over Jokic? No. Right? So we think about the two teams, the talent that Philly has, what they were able to accomplish, and then completely (laughs) fell apart. You know, when you look at that, I can see Embiid being able to do that and get MVP. But how many players are in the top, I don't know, four or five in scoring, rebounds, and assists? How many guys? One. There's only one, and that's that that gentleman. Yeah, you know, Jokic, I mean, he's like, just He is a complete player. He can do it all. And when you look at the team itself, it's like nothing really like comes at you glaring like, oh, my God, they just have a stacked team. These are all guys that work hard and play well together. This team, you get one of those guys that are going to be free agents at the end of the year, um, and none of them should come from the Lakers. (laughs) Um, you get one of those those great players that are going to be free agents. Not necessarily great. They have to be good. 
you get pluck one of them and put them in Denver, Denver wins a championship. So I looked at a, a, a couple of things with Joel Embiid leading the league and scarring is kind of what is keeping him afloat yeah. in this MVP race. He's at 30.4 points, 11.6 assists, 4.2 assists. Jokic is at 27.1, 13.8 rebounds, and 7.9 assists. So you think about it. He's almost averaging a triple-double. Yeah. He's having a better season than he did last year when he won the MVP. Right. Right. And then they got Giannis as a third for, at a, a plus 390. Yep. I like what Giannis is doing, but I felt like it was too late. He came on too late in this process. Jokic right. has been doing this the entire season. Yes. Absolutely. So – the most we consistent both, of probably anybody in the league. Yeah, no, and it, look, I, I love I love the guy because I think to you, it, if you saw him anywhere, just walking around, you'd kind of be like, oh, that's just a regular dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. He doesn't have that basketball look. No, to him. no, it does. He doesn't. Yeah. He looks like a like a, a sort of like a a not so muscular tight end. <laughs> right, something. There's just something about him. It's pretty funny. <laughs> just a regular guy and you know it's like you know when you look at Luca, he has that same look about him and I, they're very similar in players too and I just think Jokic just sees everything he just sees yeah. everything you know like you, you talk about players that you know, know what's going on around the court. Like we talk about Gretzky, how he saw everything on the ice. Like he had a 360 degree angle on everything. And you, you, you think like that with Michael and magic, you know, players like that, Larry bird, you know, all of those great players, like they know what's going on around them without even having to look at them. And that to me is what Jokic has like he just sees everything and then he can actually in his mind put it out like you know five seconds fast forward so he knows what the play is going to develop into mm -hmm. so he sees ahead it's 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 uncanny what when you watch him play it's like you know then he does you know whatever the pass you know yeah and, and no yeah lucas he just too. Luca, sees no it he yeah, sees it and he processes it ahead of time, all in that split second. And before you can think of what's going to happen, it's already happened. And it's too yeah, late. No, no, he's a great player. Um, I'm excited about the NBA playoffs because of so many of these guys. It's just going to be fun to watch. This might be the best playoffs in history because it's I'm looking at the teams in this. And even, you know, even taking away the play-ins, you know, there are some of those teams that are playing really good basketball, like the, the Cleveland Cavs, you know, and Minnesota. Like, those are teams that, okay, we didn't expect that, and yet they're good, you know. And the amount of quality teams that are going to be in the playoffs this year, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's going to be similar to how the NFL was. Yeah, very tough to pick, very tough to pick. Let's uh, let's talk about some baseball, my friend. Major League Baseball is back. Um, we're going to start off. We're gonna we're gonna start off with some Otani here. So uh, Shohan Otani was the first player in, in MLB history to throw the first pitch for his team and also be the first player to hit for his team in the same game. 
yeah. on opening day. Do you feel like this is the new trend of future for baseball? I don't know. I mean, Otani is just a special player. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, like looking at it, you know, I know we had this discussion and I don't think I actually was in favor of that rule for Otani to stay in a game. Um, but I'm looking at it. It's like, okay, he is a special player. And I think in this case, I think they needed to do that because look, the game is sometimes, I'll just say a lot of times excruciating to watch. I mean, it was only four hours and change today. Yeah. And that's the, (laughs) that's a problem. So to compensate for that crap, having Otani in there gives the fans something to see. Yeah. And, and they saw history today or yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say this, I think it's becoming more of the future because if you look at what major league baseball is starting to do is a lot of these players are coming from Japan. Yeah. A lot of these guys do that in Japan. They, they pitch and hit. And hit consistently. It's not like Major League Baseball pitches when they were hitting. Now that they don't have to do that, we're, we're blessed with that fact that we got guys that could actually swing a bat. But you're starting to see these players come over from from Japan, and I and think they play a complete play, game. Yeah, you're going to get guys that are going to be able to do this more consistently. So a funny story um, came in from the uh, from the Cubs, I believe it was. Yeah. The Cubs and Milwaukee game. Suzuki. Uh, Robertson. Oh, Robertson. Okay. Yeah. Um, signed over there. Um, and he's like, I finally got to go pitch in the National League, and I wanted to get it. He went 684 um, games or innings or whatever it was played, and he didn't get a chance to bat. He signs over there, and they changed the rule on him. <laughs> So he's like all upset that he didn't get the bat now. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny because no, it's like he wanted to go up to the plate. What's the odds, right? What was the odds of that? Yeah, you know. Let's talk about another superstar in Major League Baseball. We're going to bring him up on the screen here and discuss the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge situation where they were unable to um, reach a long-term deal. Do you feel like the Yankees made the right move? So basically we're hearing an eight-year deal, about $230 million, $30 million a year for seven years, and then they were going to factor in an arbitration for about $17 million. He's 29 years old. He's batted 276 in his career with 158 home runs and 366 RBIs in six years. I know you're a Red Sox fan, so I'm asking you to not be biased with this conversation, but is this oh, the right no, move for the New York Yankees? Look, we talked about this a little before the show, and I, I, I'm actually absolutely upset that, you know, you got New York squabbling over this guy's contract, and you have the Red Sox basically sticking a knife in back of Bogarts for the stunt they pulled, getting Story, who, you know, whose batting average was 241 outside of Coors Field. And you sign him on to play second base this year. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll be playing second base this year. Was he 0 for 4 today? 0 for 4, I think. He was 0 for something. Yeah. You know, he did nothing. Did nothing. 
Now, look, so, I, at the look, end of the day, you look, these two teams, the Yankees, Red Sox, they're two of three teams that I said that has caused all of this mess in baseball. You know, them and the Dodgers. You know, they they keep paying people, paying people, paying people, and now they don't want to pay luxury tax because they keep doing all this stuff. So now they don't want to pay, you know, a guy like Judge what he's worth on the market value. Like, tell me, would you rather have Judge or would you rather have Harper? I, I keep judging New York. What absolutely, he's absolutely. New York? this is what I'm saying. I, like, I think Judge is a hell of a player. Yeah, he strikes a lot, but not like Giancarlo, you know? Yeah. Stanton is ridiculous. Another, another he goes one, one for five and, you know, four strikeouts. <laughs> you know, but Judge is a, fact a that, better the player. The fact that they intentionally walked Rizzo today to get to Stanton goes to show you how much confidence they have that Stanton is going to hit the ball. Right. Boston right. knew. And, yeah, and this know. is the thing with Judge is a completely different player. The guy steps up in big moments. Yeah, the I Red feel Sox like just ran out of arms today. You know, yeah. they they went but down do to you... a couple of new guys and they didn't do it. And I, I I'm starting to see the light with you, what you said with Bogarts. Like you had a guy in your system already, right? And so you're trying to pay Devers. You paid Story. Why not just pay Bogarts yeah. and not and Devers? Story? Devers turned down. The contract. Yeah, the and, are- look, tell you tell me that Devers and Bogarts aren't best friends. They are best friends in that dugout. You know, they are always together. Always. You know, and you don't think Bogarts feels slighted about them signing story? Absolutely. And you don't think Devers thinks that? Absolutely. This is why they turned why Devers turned down the what 250 million? Yeah. So look. Both of these guys know, as we used to sit there and go, okay, there's only certain teams that are going to be able to sign them to that contract. Right. You're starting to see that change. You saw Carlos Correa sign with Minnesota. Yeah, It might be a little less of a deal, but guess what? You're going to get paid a good amount of money up front, and then in three years, you're able to sign somewhere else for even big money again. So right. you're getting the money, maybe just not as an eight-year deal. It might be a three-year deal. Right, and you're still going to be to see what the prime. Doing. Yeah. yeah, and the league's seeing this. They're seeing this, so... A guy like Devis, a guy like Judge, they're like, look, if we got to sign a three-year deal to go to, you know what I mean, wherever. Yeah, oh, uh, Devers, Devers <laughs> Bogarts are not going to have a hard time finding a You don't spot. think these guys won't go to Arizona if Arizona gives them, you know, $150 million for three years? Of course they would. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then they move on. And this, this, these teams got to start to learn. You know, there's, there's more than just three markets. You know, look at Chicago. Chicago's a big market, yeah. and they are dying for a championship over in Chicago White Sox territory. And look, Chicago Cubs, I think they look pretty good. You know, they look pretty good. They have some talent on that team. So if they are like one hitter away, why not sign a Devers? Why not pluck, you know, Bogarts from the, the Red Sox, you know? Because at the end of the year, he could opt out. And the he's probably would, going to. Yeah, the only thing I would question is this. A, you have a bad season. Or B, you get an injury. That could hurt these guys. But the fact that none of these sides want to talk about anything and say they don't want to be a distraction, to me, this is a year-long uh, distraction now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to be a Red Sox game that you watch, Ron, that they're not going to talk about Bogarts and the possibility of him being gone or that they haven't signed Devers 
And it's going to be the right. same thing right. when I watch a Yankee game. They're going to talk about Judge and not having a contract. And meanwhile, so they're all going to go to somewhere else. Yeah, it's all going to be a distraction. But um, I just wanted to get that out today. Let's move on to some NHL. I think it's Watch NHL. Judge end up in New York Mets. Ugh, don't say that. Look, I'm telling you, you don't think the Mets want to stick it to the Yankees? <laughs> Seriously. Why, Ron? Why do you do this to me? Listen, Just NHL. NHL. Let's talk about uh, Hampson, Lindholm. Hampus. Hampus. Did I, what did I say? Hampson. 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 <laughs> Hampus, Lindholm. So he was recently injured for the Bruins. Should be able to play tonight. They say it's a game time decision. But would you start to get concerned about the timing and the health of the Bruins, seeing that, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner. There's about 12 games left in the season for the Bees. No, I think I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to be overly cautious with Pasternak. Um, I'm actually, out of the three injuries that they've recently gotten with Lindholm, Pasternak, and Frederick, I'm a little more concerned about Frederick because um, he's had head injuries. Like, I know of three concussions that I know of. And he knew it as soon as it happened. And it was not a big crunching hit. It was just, you know, a little kind of a, a twist. And he, his jaw came down and hit the shoulder. Um, and he knew it right away. And you could see his reaction. He just knew. And I'm a little concerned because this kid's got a bright future. I can see this kid getting 20 goals a season. You know, doesn't seem like, oh, it's only 20 goals. But it's not all that he does. It's like the, his style of play is so impactful in the game. That he brings more to that. And he hasn't even scored that much this year. You know, I project him to be a 20-goal scorer. He's still learning. But... The, the way he is on the ice, you miss that and you miss up. Like, I think he's going to bust out in the playoffs if he gets to play. Here's my one concern and, and the reason why I asked the question. We know Marshan, uh, between injuries or suspensions, he's missed 11 games this season. Yep. Patrice Bergeron, one hit away, he's missed eight games this season. Yeah. Lindholm was brought over here to be that stabilizer defensively. Yeah. And if he's getting a, some of these little injuries now, it would be concerning to me because the other two guys that you count on the most, besides Pasternak, right? It, you need these all these guys. Look, if anybody knows hockey, it's you, Ron. Yeah. Bruins are just as talented as anybody in this Absolutely. League. Absolutely. But they also need to have their key guys. They're Absolutely. Not, they're not a team of depth where they can just afford to lose a, a, a Marchand no. or a Pasternak. Or a Bergeron, and, and no, and frankly, and now, no team can. Yeah, you lose one and of those Lindholm's type of players, you're not winning guy. the championship. You know, and Lindholm is your best defensive guy. Yeah, you know, so McAvoy is not going to be as effective if you don't have right Lindholm. So to me, I, that would be my only concern is the timing of it. You don't want to see guys yeah. starting to if get it's, these little nagging if it's, injuries. Now. If it's an injury that is prolonged. And hampers, no pun intended. Hey, hampers, hampers. Yeah, that's good. You know, that was good. hampers their ability to play <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, that is troublesome because yeah. look, we know they're either going to play Toronto, Tampa Bay, or you know, Florida or Carolina. 
You know, or, we yeah, know yeah. in all high scoring teams. Yeah. Look, that it's no no easy match. Yeah. So you have to have everybody ready. You know, and unfortunately in the NHL, injuries are part of that that game. Yeah. No, and absolutely. So with with the, in their case, if they lose a Hampus, you know that is that is directly going to affect you know your goaltending. You know it's going to affect the your ability to move the puck out of your end, and that cuts down on fast breaks. You know it cuts down on all of that stuff that you rely on to score goals. So when you lose one of those guys on your back end. You can't just pluck somebody out of the stands and put them in. It's like, oh, we're okay. You know, yeah. you can say that as a team. You have to say that yeah, as a team. Guy up, but yeah. You know, and and frankly, you know, if the Bruins went into the playoffs without getting that kind of a player, you know, I would have still said, okay, we still have a shot. But it's not as a high probability as it is with Hampus Lindholm there. So you can't lose a guy like that because then your chances are diminished greatly because of the style that he plays and bring what he brings to the table. So and no team can can replace that. No, I, I agree. Because he comes out, you know, okay, Riley comes in, who's okay, he can he can move the puck, but he doesn't have that size, you know, so you know, defensively, Riley is a little more of a liability. Okay, so then we'll put in Forbert. Well, he's got the size, but he can't bring the puck out. Yeah, so, right. you know, yeah. what one do you choose to go without? So that is why Lindholm is so much more important than, you know, it's more important than probably any forward, to be honest with you. And that, and that is any forward. That's so, pretty amazing. Good stuff. Uh, again, my hockey guy, NHL rankings. Yeah, you know, it's you like, know, look, and, and I, I have to, I have to say, um, I don't know if I'd want to play Toronto. Like, I, look, is definitely becoming look, fifty-six right, goals on the season right now. Okay, he is my pick for MVP. I'm not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan by no means, but I know. When a team is playing this well, it is dangerous no matter who they play. And they've been steamrolling teams. You know, their offense is incredible, and that can hide a lot of things. Right. So, which is, don't play some guys, drop seeds, and try to avoid. No? Okay. Not in the NHL, they don't. <laughs> not, in the you, not anywhere. Especially not, not anywhere. Not any sport. No. So if you enjoy what you're watching, check us out every Friday night as we are live. We're fan interactive. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, all live. You can follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch. Listen to us on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and now TuneIn. We are on all of those platforms on a podcast. So check us out there. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, SEC TV, Public Access Channel 12. We are on at 10 p.m. on Tuesdays. It is a rebroadcast of our Friday night show. If you enjoy what you're watching, then check us out on Friday nights. Join in. We'd love to have you. We're on Rhode Island Broadcasting every Friday night. Comments, comments, comments. comments. We interact yeah, with you guys. Comments. 
And we need some sponsors. If you'd like to sponsor the show and want to sponsor us, reach out to us by email, ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. Find out how you could sponsor the show. We would have thousands of eyes on your business, and we'd be able to obviously do some more for our show as well. Be a great partnership. So let us know if you're interested. Ron, it's face-off time. And this week's face-off is a little different. And I'm not sure if you watched any of the game, Chakra. Thanks. Throwing up. Is that hamsters? Got some hamsters on there. (laughs) So so the Major League Baseball has allowed... I don't. Is it a hedgehog? It might be a hedgehog. So it's not going to show. It's just going to say... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So... So they have now allowed an anti anti sign stealing device that the catches and the pitches. It's a lion. <laughs> oh, I see it now. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's no. Lion. You're lying. No. So the catcher and the pitcher basically have a device. Uh, the catcher has a a little device on his he could keep on his glove or whatever that he can push the buttons. It lets the pitcher know he's got a device in his hat that allows him to hear what the what the um, the the pitches. So one of us has to be for this. One of us has to be against it. So I am first. So I am going to be for this. Of course you are. And I'm going to tell you why I'm for this. I am for this because it's about time that Major League Baseball, I don't got to watch a catcher for 10 minutes flashing fingers. <laughs> That's, that's, why said, that's why I said, like, of course you're for it. Because right, you know, I, so I'm watching the game today, the Yankee game, and and uh, Higgy has got it right on his on his knee there, and he's just pushing a button. He covers the glove, push a button, bang, pitch comes. Yeah, it literally took like 10, 20 seconds, and the pitch is throwing. Right, it's not this throw. That was a that was a difference no. in the game today. Right, it makes a, such a difference. It was a difference and in I, the game. Red Sox still yeah. use the signs; they didn't use the yeah. device. Yeah, and I, I, I say I like idiots. I love it. I love I love the fact that they're doing this. I'm sure at some point there'll be some kind of they can't the pitchers can't hear or something when they're in. You it, obviously it win this one. You obviously win this because I'm about to like yes. give the give it because look, it, if the quarterbacks use it with the coaches, you know why not with a catcher and pitcher. You know, it takes out any possibility of the other team stealing signs and doing all that stuff. Look, this this takes all that out. Takes all that out, then, you know, who cares? Who cares? Uh, don't tell me that you're stealing signs now because it's, you're not. <laughs> so all I will say is this, though, Ron. At some point, there's going to be another team that figures out how to hone Tap in into on that, that. Yeah, I know. That's going to that happen. That signal. So it's when that happens, then we'll, we'll have the Houston Astros thing all over again. But for the time being, I, I love it. I thought it was a great – I think it's a great uh, addition to Major League Baseball. I'm glad they, they did it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, you know, but, you know, let's get the batter in there, you know, yeah. again today, four hours. The, the weird thing is 15 teams are, are using it, and the other 15 aren't. The Red Sox are just dumb. I, I don't get it. I don't Dead understand dumb. it. Unless the Red Sox it. already figured out how to tap into it. So they figured, okay, we're not going to use well, it. Well, that's Gary Cole. That's why, yeah, Alex Carr is really good about <laughs> doing some stuff. 
And that's why Cole struggled so early on because they were able to, to figure out what the signal Yeah, maybe. Was. I don't know. Uh-oh. It's not that controversy. So let's move on to our best segment of the show. And that's our pick and roll. Pick and roll. Uh, and if you don't oh, have time, did you, if you haven't see? had a chance, check out our pick and rolls that we've we've been posting on Rhode Island Broadcasting. Uh, some of these things just turn into massive arguments, which is so much. Yeah, I, I think we're still arguing about episode two. I think we're <laughs> we still are. doing we still it. Are. We still, we still are. So today we're going to rank the the recent wide receiver trades in the NFL, and we're going to rank these wide receivers based on the success on their new team, not what they've done in the past, where, where they're going, and how successful they will be from from five to one. And the wideouts are Amari Cooper. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Devontae Parker, and Robert Woods. So those five players have been traded from their previous team to now their new team, and we're going to tell you which one of these are going to be most successful to least successful. Actually, flip that, least to most. So I am first. I will start you off, and I am starting off with at number five, least successful, Amari Cooper. Cleveland Browns last season, 27th in passing attack. Nick Chubb, number one option. They're going to run the ball and focus first. And then we don't know who's quarterback yet. Deshaun Watson may get suspended, so he's not going to have a legitimate quarterback in Cleveland. Who knows what's going on with Baker? Uh, To me, Amari Cooper is in the worst situation out of these four. But at number four, I go Tennessee Titans, Robert Woods. Robert Woods... Great receiver, but 24th overall in passing last year, Tennessee. We know what they like to do. Derrick Henry, feed him the rock and just let him, you know, chalk up almost 2,000 yards if he can stay healthy. <laughs> They're not going to throw the ball. Tannehill is so inconsistent where he looks good one week. Next week, he's not so hot. I don't like the quarterback there for him as well. I'm giving him the fourth spot. At number three. I went Tyreek Hill. I think Miami's going to use, so he's kind of that middle of the ground for me. If they use him in the run game as well, which I feel they're going to do because they're 49 a background with uh, McCarthy, who just came over, or McDaniel, who just came over from San Francisco, that same style of offense that they did with Debo Samuel. You may see Tyreek Hill running the ball more. But Tua only averaged 6.8 yards a pass last season. So, we talk about what Tyreek Hill does best. It's the deep ball. I don't know if Ty, uh, two is going to be able to get him the ball. So I kind of middle of the ground hit him because it could go either way. So at number two, Devontae Parker. New England Patriots were 14th against in the passing last season. Matt Jones, 7.3 yards a, a, a throw. I think that he's going to obviously increase on that. And now you're talking about a number one legitimate option from New England. He is going to be the number one option if he's healthy. So to me, automatically, he's getting more targets thrown at him than any of these other guys. I like Bourne, Myers, Aguilar, but I feel like this is going to be the guy if healthy. So I feel like, and he's already been practicing with Mac Jones. They went down to Miami and started working out. I love it. But that means that number one, Devontae Adams, I can't see, look, sixth best passing attack in the league last year. You just added a bigger threat. You added a guy that Derek Carr has already worked with in college. They know each other. They're already going to have some kind of symmetry as to what they want to do. And Derek Carr, all these quarterbacks, averaged the most 7.7 yards 
a pass last season. Josh McDaniels is going to want to feature this guy because he's never had a true number one except for Randy Moss um, in New England. So he's going to want to throw the ball all day, throw it deep, and I could see Devontae Adams having a massive year this year for the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's how I had it. You were really close. You were really close. Okay. Where, where was I wrong? Okay. So number five, I have Robert Woods. Okay. Um, look, you have Henry there. He's going to get the, the ball, you know, what, 80% of the time? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then – then you have to throw the ball to all your receivers to get everybody involved. So I think even though Woods probably be will be a factor in them doing well. And, and they got A.J. Brown, who's the best receiver. It's more of a, of a decoy, to be honest with you. So, you know, just the threat of him being out there is going to make, you know, everything wide open. And, you know, they'll have a good year offensively, but it won't because be because of him. And I'm going to be controversial right now, Ron. He's an upgrade from Julio Jones. Absolutely. So from Absolutely. a standpoint of that point. No, you know, you're right. Right. No, that's so, true. To me, to me, you're, you're, you're hitting that right on the head with the, you know, because he's a better option. So you got AJ Brown and now him. Yes. It's going to open up the running game even more, which ultimately exactly. hurt him. But yes, right. I got you. So, and you might see the, the tight end be more impactful with the addition of Woods. I know it sounds weird, but Woods' addition makes the tight ends more available, and that's yep. where they're going to – because personally, I don't think Tannehill is a good, you know, down-the-field quarterback. I think, you know, dropping it off to those tight ends are going to be perfect for him because they're going to be, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, because you can't cover – you know, AJ and Woods <laughs> and the tight ends. You just can't do it. Yeah. So um, number four, I have Amari Cooper. Um, mostly because, look, it's going to be first season for Deshaun Watson if he even plays the season. Yeah, nobody knows. You know, and I'm about to die here. Hold on. <laughs> Don't die on camera. No, 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 the, the my, okay, the laptop, the laptop. Right. I didn't plug it in. Okay. Um, so, um, I we don't know what really the status on Watson's going to be. So, for all we know, it could be a disgruntled Baker Mayfield. You know, and I, I highly doubt Baker will be there. I doubt it too. He's probably going to. Baker's going to be a draft day trade. Yeah, it's either going to, like I said, it's either going to be a draft day trade or he's going to get cut. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, but we won't know who is the quarterback, you know, because we have to find out, uh, you know, the status on Watson. So for that fact, I put him at number four. Like if Watson is in there day one, I think he'll have a better season and he'll be impactful. But, but there's no proof of that yet. Uh, number three, I have Tyreek Hill. Um, just because of his sheer talent, he has to be at least three. But like you had stated, 6.8 yards. Look, you know, Tua can't throw it more than 15 yards down the field, you know, with accuracy. He can't. And, and until I see it, 
You know, that's what I'm going with. So to me, Tyreek Hill is almost a waste on this team. You know, I think he's, a, you know, just a threat opens up, you know, down low, you know, with a little dump passes, you know, it's going to make that better. And they'll get a lot of yards after the catch that way. But it's not going to be because of Tyreek Hill getting the yards. It's not going to be that because he can't throw downfield. Number two, I have Devontae Parker. I mean, just his presence in, in New England is going to be good. You know, I mean, you have Hunter Henry. You have um, Myers. And you have Bourne. And now you're adding this guy to go downfield. He's going to take away Algalor's uh, job, basically. You know, Al Algalor is going to be the new, um, what's his face? The, the kid there. Harry. Yeah. Harry. So he's going to be riding the pine and getting in once in a while. And that's going to be about it. Um, you know, so I think, I think, like I said, I think Parker is going to get somewhere around 800, 900 yards. You know, that's what I'm expecting. And to me, that is a gold, gold yeah. find, you know, yeah. and number one, how could you, first of all, how could you not go with this guy, Devontae Adams? That's you know, why we're The other Devontae. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got a Devontae. They got the other Devontae. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, look, this guy is probably the best in the league. You know, I mean, you can always argue points back and forth. But look, you might think you're losing something. Oh, you had Aaron Rodgers throwing to you, but now you had Derek Carr. Well, I don't know if you realize how many yards that Derek Carr threw for last year. Exactly. You know, without that star. Yeah, I think yeah. He was without having Devontae mm -hmm. Adams. You add Devontae Adams in there, it's going to be like Christmas morning every week for this team. <laughs> like, literally, I literally can see this team possibly going 16 wins. Seriously. Like, this is, this is the impact that he's going to have, along with all those defensive players that they just loaded yeah. up on. Like, I, I'm going to be surprised if they lose a game. Seriously. So, so great job. I will say this. I think I may change my decision. I forgot one key nugget that we didn't even talk about today. But there's a strong feeling that Tom Brady was going to Miami. And then the Flores lawsuit kind of threw that all up in the air because they weren't able with the owner right now. He was going to have a stake in ownership with the Miami Dolphins and also become their starting quarterback. Tyreek Hill next year with my with Tom Brady may be more successful. So if we do this list next year, I may have him at number one if Tom Brady's in Miami. I'm just saying. That might have changed my, my thought process. In that. I would be upset if Tom Brady went to Miami. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of New England fans would basically finally realize that he's no longer a Patriot. Look, this is, this is the equivalent of... That guy right there, right? Oh, Roger Clemens going okay. to to um the Yankees. To the New York Yankees. Wade Boz yeah. going to the Yankees. Johnny yeah. Damon going to the Yankees. That's yeah. that's this. That is. So again, if you enjoy what you're watching, check us out every Friday night at 6 p.m. We are live. We're fan interactive. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. All on Rhode Island Broadcasting. Follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter at Broadcasting RI on Twitter. 
sports underscore unfolded on Instagram. Listen to us on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and tune in. And if you're in Southeast Connecticut, SEC TV, public access channel 12. We are on it Tuesdays, 10 p.m. If you're watching us now, check us out Friday night, 6 p.m. Join into the, the conversation. Get us some chats. Discord. If you'd like to join our Discord site, that is the Rhode Island Broadcast Discord site. You can see the link right there. And we also have a Sports Unfolded page, and you can join that as well. We post all of our ranking shows, the shows that we do on any specials. We have them all posted up on that Discord site, so you'd be able to watch everything there. So check that out as well. If you'd like to sponsor the show, email us at ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. Be a sponsor. Check us out. You'd have thousands of eyes on your business. And you'll be able to help sports and fellas and continue to grow. So we appreciate anybody that like to sponsor. That would be some uh, something new for the show. We definitely like to get some sponsors on here and be able to do some stuff. So it is um, unfortunately prediction time, which we have not been able to do so well. So I'm going to bring this up here for you. As long as my computer is cooperating, there we go. And this is how we stand, Ron, as we. Again, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, there it is. And it's kind of disappointing. 5245 or 53% winning percentage. Um, not doing so well, but if you'd like to join in as this as well, you know, comment as you as you're on and let us know what teams you would pick, and then we can add you to the list. But yeah, we're not doing so hot, but to your point, Ron, we always make sure that we pick some of the tougher games. We don't we don't just sugarcoat it and get them the easiest wins. So we get wins. We're we're picking the top games of the week. Yeah, this is not you know, Colorado versus you know San Jose. Yeah, you know you know we're picking the, we're picking the cream of the crop. So we're going to start off right with the NHL. Um, I am first this week. So on April eighth, so that is tonight. That is tonight. The Boston Bruins at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, playoff positioning, this is a crucial game for both teams. And I feel like Tampa Bay, with their experience and being into two Stanley Cup final uh, and winning them, they're going to win this game because they know the importance of it. I'm going Tampa Bay. Okay, so um, I have Tampa Bay circled on my, my list here. Yep. Only because I know the Bruins aren't going to have David Postanuk. And it's possible that they don't have Lindholm as well. Yep. So if they are both out, Tampa Bay is definitely winning the game. Okay. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Florida Panthers at the Nashville Predators. Florida. I, I, I don't think Nashville... <laughs> is in the same category to be honest I, with you. Nashville's a pretty good team. They have a couple of They're nice players, team. but not yeah. not elite. Yeah. Uh I agree with you. I went Florida. Uh, I think they're a much better team. So, uh April 12th, we have Carolina at the New York Rangers. Uh I know some my buddy's a New York Rangers fan, but I'm I'm going Carolina. Carolina's definitely a better team. New York's been too inconsistent. Well, I'm going New York Rangers. Ooh, all right. 
Like, I really feel that the Rangers need a statement game heading into the playoffs, and, and this has to be the one. This has to be the one because Car- they are trailing Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, they are chasing them, and you have to make a statement now. Okay. Let's see. Just start uh, we're, we're, going, we're going April 8th in the NBA, Cleveland at Brooklyn. This game here, very important for seeding because Brooklyn now is actually could get out of the play-in game. Or no, yeah. they become the seventh seed, the seventh seed yeah. with the win. And so they'd obviously have two opportunities if they lose the first game to get in. So um, is this my game or your game? This is your game. Yeah. Um, I went with Brooklyn. I did as well. Yeah. I, okay. I just don't have uh, I just don't have faith in the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Um, they are still a year away from from really yeah. doing something. I think this is a great step for them. But yeah. But I also feel like Brooklyn knows now that they, yeah. they flipped the switch. Yeah, they, they know they got. They win. don't want to be the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, April tenth, the Boston Celtics at the Memphis Grizzlies. I um, am doing it to myself again. I'm going Memphis this time. I just feel like Job may play. They're not a hundred percent sure, but he said he's he's working his way back. And I don't like what Boston did in the last game where they, they kind of sat some guys. I feel like that may hurt some of the chemistry. Yeah, and so I I'm got a feeling Memphis. yeah, I got a feeling that Brown is gonna sit this one out. Yeah. And probably um probably Maybe smart. Smart. Yeah. So without Brown and Smart, then you know, the chances are are almost nil. Uh God, they're definitely gonna sit out Brown though. I gotta go with Memphis. I had Boston Circle, but knowing <laughs> that they're gonna they're gonna do something stupid, you know. All right. So, so then I, on April tenth, you got Chicago Bulls at Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm gonna go Minnesota. Ooh, all right. I went Chicago. I think Chicago needs to bounce back here, but um before going into the playoffs. So they could I feel be the bounced. Reason. They could be bounced. They could be. So very good. All right. Um, and then Major League Baseball makes its uh, debut this this year for us. Uh, the New York Mets at the Philadelphia Phillies. It's a three-game series. So basically, we're picking the series, not just one game. They start on April 11th. Uh, I went with the New York Mets. They're going to win two out of three. I went with Philly. All right. All right. And we just got some word that the uh, NBA playoff games, the Western Conference playing games have been announced. They're already a lock no matter what happens the next two nights. So we're going to pick those. We got the Wolves at the Clippers. Uh, I I like Minnesota. I went Clippers. Paul George starting to play some really good basketball since he's come back. Pelicans versus the Spurs. I went with... The Pelicans, I just don't I, – I, the Spurs, to me, just have not been a good team. It's just the Lakers were so bad that the and, Spurs – You know, and, look, and that's why I went with the Spurs. Okay, first of all, you got Pop, you know, in the playoffs. Okay. I'll take that, you know, and just them riding a high right now that they made yeah. the playoffs and the Lakers are out. 
they got to be, you know, it. at least this game, they will be on a high. All right. Awesome. So we got five trapped. games that are different. <laughs> five different games. So somebody's winning next week. All right. So as we normally do, how we end our show, we do our final thought. And our final thought doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. I am first this week, so I am going with my final thought on the WNBA. This Monday will be uh, the WNBA draft. It's an exciting time for a lot of these female college athletes that have been so good in college and now get an opportunity to go to the pros. It's probably one of the least um, advertised events uh, when it comes to a draft, when we talk about you know, the NFL and what they do in the NBA. But I, th- I hope people tune in on Monday and just see some of these uh, women be able to fulfill their dream of, you know, making it to the pros. Um, I think it's a great, great opportunity for us to start to learn some of the players and where they're going. So it'll give us an opportunity <laughs> to um, be able to follow the WNBA a little more uh, frequently. But that was my final thought. All right. <clears throat> Ooh. Kind of all choked up. Oh, it's all right, buddy. Oh, what's the what's the the player from South Carolina that's going to go number one? Uh, I, I forget her name. She now. was I phenomenal. I, I watched that that game, and she was yeah. just dominating. She, if she doesn't go number one, I don't. I'll be I'll be surprised. My final thought, and I cannot actually believe I'm actually going to say this, um, goes out to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I called you out, what, last week or the week before? Yeah, against the Bruins, yeah. And you you went in, you did what you're supposed to do, and you got out of Boston. Then you went into other cities in those top contenders, and you got out, win, 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 win. Look, you know what you have to do. The whole world is going to be looking at you whether or not you're going to collapse in the playoffs. Um, personally, I hope you lose when you play the Bruins. <laughs> but, you know, go in, play your game. You know, be who you are. You know, you know what you are. You know who you are. Now you have to be that. You have to come out of this with something to show for it. You know, because if not, nobody is ever going to look at you as a serious contender. You have to win at least one round. If you don't, it's back to the drawing board. And you got to do it right next time because I don't see it happening either. But, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, giving a little faith to you as Toronto Maple Leafs. I I, I think you were trying to be positive and somehow undercut it. Yeah, I I know, because I'm a Bruin fan. So I I got you. And chances are they're going to have to meet. Exciting times. Look, uh, NBA playoffs uh, start next weekend. NHL playoffs are about two weeks away. So we've got a lot of playoffs coming up on the show. Playoffs? Uh, Playoffs? I want to thank everybody that's watched uh, today. Chakra, Kenny, thank you for joining tonight. Fans out there that are going to watch afterwards, you know, check us out live and join in. Man, we'd love to get some uh, some viewers get to come those, in and, and challenge us, man. Man, come on. Challenge us. Challenge us. Are we that? You know what it is, Ron? We are so good at what we do. Everyone's afraid to just come at us because they yeah. know. Yeah. That's what it is. So I yeah. challenge 
fans out there, if you're a sports fan and you really want to get involved, chime in. This ain't a talk show radio where you you got to wait hours to get. You can get in instantly, and we'll comment on it. Oh, so absolutely. Join, join so when I show. think you're wrong, you're going to be wrong, but, you know. Exactly, and we'll tell you. But I uh, want to thank you for your time tonight, Ron. I didn't yeah. even do my point today, buddy. My, my co-host there. Co-host, look at you. So uh, you take care. I hope you feel in, uh, up to snuff for next week. We got a lot going on. NHL rankings next week. Hey, are we doing a playoff, NBA playoff thing? NBA playoffs next Saturday is the plan. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. All right, my friend. You, you have a great night. Fans out there, let's have some peace in this world. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is your favorite yeah, show. For, uh, <laughs> with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. Now I guess we got to do a whole other show. Yeah, we got to start over again. Welcome, everybody. <laughs>